Welcome to HR Insights, the podcast, topical discussions with and for our global HR community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to HR Insights, the podcast. I'm Emily Abbott, the Marketing Manager at Elliott Scott HR, and I will be your host today as Stuart and I recap Series 5. Hi, Stuart, how are you? Hi, Emily. I am very good. Very good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Bit of a switch, <laughs> bit of a switch up today as we switch our roles again to do, to do a nice, nice recap of the series. How does it feel being on on the other side? Uh, I'm probably more nervous than normal. Actually, <laughs> get, <laughs> you get so comfortable being the other side of the desk that I think being this side of it actually feels feels a little bit more uncomfortable, a bit more nerve wracking. Yeah, I can imagine it's quite funny doing the hosting role as well because I'm used to hearing you saying it, and everyone's probably going to be used to hearing you coming in but now today it's me so to kick off today I know that you ask um, all of our guests a couple of icebreaker questions and it's usually what books they read recently and what tv programs so we're going to kind of recap some of those for our listeners today so my first question for you is from what our guests shared what recommended books stood out to you or maybe are on your reading list now yeah so that's a good one actually because it's it's funny whenever I ask the question I always say I always stipulate that it could be a, a business book or a non-fiction or fiction book etc and everyone always generally gives me a business management book or something along those lines um the, the one that I know and the one that I've read and that I really really like um is Atomic Habits and I, I think Amelia actually recommended that one um, when we were sort of chatting about sort of the the books, and it it's just a really good book. And and actually, if you don't have time to read it, I I actually downloaded the book. Um, I actually listened to it over lockdown. It was one of those books that for me sort of really stood out, and yeah, the way it sort of break down breaks down that sort of perpetual habit is, is really important. And yeah, I think you can learn a lot from it. So for me. That's one that stood out that, that I particularly like, uh, having read it. Um, there are a couple of others, actually, as well, that are on there. There's um, another book called Bad Blood that is on my list of books to read. And I think I pronounced this right. I think it's Ikigai, I think, is the other one. And I think that was Rhea, wasn't it, that recommended that in, in, in terms of the books. So those two are on my list to read. Um, but the one that I have read that I really recommend is, is Atomic Habits. Mm, yeah, super interesting. I remember you saying you read that one during covid or listen to it and then you were like why am i listening to this now <laughs> <laughs> there is but that still then you you have those moments. after the fact <laughs> yes it, it, it really is and then with those books as well we're going to be providing our audience and our listeners with a full list so make sure you're following us on our linkedin account because we'll have um a great kind of clip wipe through piece coming out which showcases all of those so Everyone can add it to their list too. I, de- I definitely think that, Emily. I, I, I was going to say I'm doing it a disservice to sort of recommend like three books there, but actually there's loads of good books in, in that. And I think, um, yeah, providing a list for the audience would be would be amazing actually so they can sort of go through all that. Yeah. And then they also recommended a TV programme each. Were there any personal <laughs> favourites that came yeah. out of that? There were some quite common ones as well. There are some quite common ones on on the TV TV series. Um, 
it's funny how everyone was so much more. It's so like it's interesting again when I asked the question about TV series. A lot of our guests just don't seem to watch that much TV. Um, <laughs> I I am probably the reverse. I probably watch more TV than I possibly should, which which is bad. So a lot of the stuff that I knew. Um, what what's that out for me? The, the one that I've not seen that everyone raves about that was mentioned a few times is Succession. Um, I'm only like one season in and I've not sort of got completely into it, but I know that loads of people rave about it, not just people from the, from the podcast. Um, so that that's there. The two that I have seen that I rave about, um, White Lotus, I, I just think is phenomenally brilliant. I think it's well written, well acted. I think it has this sort of black comedy feel to it that, yeah, I just love. I have to say I was on literally on the edge of my seat watching that. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then for the for the sort of the the warm heart for everybody, uh, Ted Lasso. I can't. I don't think you can beat it. I think it's possibly one of the best um, TV shows I've seen in a long, long time. And it's just one of those lovely to watch programs at the end of the day when you don't want to try too hard or concentrate too much, and you can just have it on. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same as you. Actually, I've seen White Lotus, Ted Lasso. I still need to watch the most recent series so I'm looking forward to that and then Succession needs to get into that one as well everyone in the office has been talking about that one too so definitely need to get into it well I'm excited for you about Ted Lasso genuinely I am <laughs> it, it is done so well and that maybe there's another thing about like I grew up in I grew up in sort of Richmond and Kingston that area so again when you see a lot of it on the TV again maybe that's another reason I sort of particularly love it because you you just I just know so many of the places and, and parts that it's filmed at. Yeah. Do you know the pub that they show? I do. I know exactly where the pub is and the green and everything <laughs> there. I used to work. I was like literally a 16-year-old working around the corner in a shop from, from where it's filmed. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Must be yeah, fun to cool. like recognise everything that you see on there. Yeah, it's very cool. Moving a bit more kind of into our podcast in series five, when we always post about our podcast on LinkedIn, we get a lot of traction for each podcast. And then I know you also recently you had a lot of traction for your high rock competition. Do you have any more of those coming up? Or is there anything you want to kind of speak on to that? <laughs> yeah, high rocks is an interesting one. And I, I, I think I said before that actually posting on Hyrex was actually quite, I, I wasn't sure whether I should or shouldn't. And actually I was quite inspired by the response that I received after posting on it. Um, and it, it sort of made me, it's made me want to sort of post a little bit more. I won't do loads on it. So our audience, I'm not going to inundate you with all that sort of stuff, but it made me, um, it made me want to advocate stuff like that as, as well going forward. I'm a big, big believer of um, sort of your physical health and well-being, And I know that, recently a lot of it's been a lot of that sort of um rhetoric has been pushed towards more mental health and mental well-being but for me the two go really heavily hand in hand if i feel physically well and strong for me that has a real sort of push towards my mental health and well-being and, and hierox gave me a real sort of target and a goal to sort of strive for um so actually my initial intention was just to have something that i could go and do and and target uh, it was never to sort of do as well as i did as it were um, but since obviously qualifying as the way I did, um, I do have a competition now on the 24th, I think it is on 25th of um, November in London. Um, I'm going to do another one in sort of January, February time with a view to hopefully qualifying again 
Um, and again, what I like about it is it gives me a target, something to aim for, um, which I think as I've got older and stopped playing things like football and all that, I, I, I've run out of that. So it's really nice to have something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's definitely inspiring. I know it creates a lot of reconnection with people that reached out as well, which was always an added bonus. Well, that, that was amazing. And actually, it's created a lot of people asking me like about what it is and how they could get into it and that kind of thing. And that's just the, that's also the sort of thing I didn't expect from it. I didn't I didn't expect that kind of response. And it was really nice to have that where people were like, how do I do it? How do I get into it, et cetera. And um, the one thing I think I can, if I'm plugging hierarchies here, um, is, <laughs> is the fact that it, it's functional movements. It's stuff that you would do every day in probably an exercise workout. It's not... It's not like you're lifting ridiculous weights. It's it's actually something you do day to day in a sort of a normal class or workout. Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone listening hasn't seen your post on it, definitely go on Stuart's LinkedIn and check them out. And then maybe you'll see some of them there in November as well. <laughs> maybe, let's see. Depends on where I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then moving into the topics that we actually spoke about on the podcast in season five and what we covered. Um, which do you feel linked to the current trends that we're seeing in HR? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. When you think back about about this, and especially when we started, what we season five now? Is that how many have we done now? Mm-hmm. Season five. Yeah. So when Closing you sort of think back, five. yeah, when you think back sort of through the years of sort of doing this, one thing I would say is sort of DEI has always stood out as sort of like a big feature and actually something that probably gets still a lot of downloads. Um that's that's definitely a topic or an area that I think has remained sort of I suppose front and front and center of the mind. Um, mental health over the last three months, I mentioned it before, just talking about hierarchs. That's obviously become a big thing since since COVID. How, however, what I would say is definitely the noise around those two topics has definitely dropped off. I'd say in the last sort of six to sort of nine months or so. Whether that's sort of the economics. I suppose the, the global economics around that, I'm not so sure. Um, but the topics that we've heard about or seen a lot more around is definitely in around future skills. Um, is, is one AI c- completely. And I thought it's fascinating chatting to Rhea this season about AI when actually only last season we were talking about the metaverse. And actually AI has leapfrogged the metaverse. Um in terms of sort of what people are talking about and how it's going to sort of disrupt people's jobs and, and future. Um, and then the the other things that I'm hearing a lot more about now are our talent management, I think has come back very, very heavily. And when I talk about talent management, I suppose what I mean about that is a lot of companies have either downsized over the last six months in terms of their, their workforce planning and that's meant they've been focused a lot more heavily about do they have the right skills in the right places? Are we fit for purpose the way the market has gone and changed and evolved? Um, and then the, the last part is um, intergenerational workforces. Um, that seems to be a topic that is coming up more and more, especially as we we are looking to get more older people back into the workforce, especially in, in the UK where we're short of, of, of talent. Um, and again, I suppose you, you've expanded that that box, like Gen Z, Millennials, Gen Xs, Gen Ys, etc. I think that that box. What's the new one? There's a new one coming out, isn't there? I think on, on that. What, the, a new generation. Yeah, there's a new generation that kicks in. I think generation. in the next year. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how it continues to evolve. So 
what we're going to see is we're going to see as as people live longer, we are going to see more generations sort of, I suppose, coming into play, which which is going to be fascinating. If you go back sort of 15, 20 years, actually, there's only a couple of generations that we were ever sort of three generations, I think, generally that we were involved in. So it's it's really sort of changed the way that I suppose we have to think about an organization. Um, and I think that's that's really interesting, um, and especially communication style. Um I've talked about it loads, like blue tick anxiety is just a phrase that's stuck with me ever since I did that podcast. Like, I find mm-hmm. it fascinating that that's a thing that exists in the workforce, um, but something that I was just never aware of beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of different considerations about how all these different generations have grown up differently. They've had different technology to adapt to or just that's even become much more natural to them, especially yeah. with um, what we see with Gen Z is they're obviously digital natives which brings in a different focus to the workforce as well. And then really interesting what you said as well, like the metaverse, like that's completely, I don't hear about the metaverse anymore. (laughs) You you, you don't, but then if you link it back to maybe what Apple launched in terms of their new headset and it's the first one, it gets launched next year, I think it's going to be on. So for, for me though, if you look at what they launched, what they did launch there wasn't necessarily a gaming tool. What they tried to launch was something that actually might impact more of your day-to-day life. And actually what I thought was really interesting with what they launched is how that might mean you use it at work, not just to watch films or games. Actually, the the impact of that was to try to sort of say, we're going to put a tool in play that's going to actually impact your day-to-day life. And you potentially want this carried with you all the time. Um, it's the sort of mm-hmm. thing I can imagine that will be maybe on the plane. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. I'll be intrigued to see how they launch that next year and whether it really sort of catches on. Mm. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd forgotten that that was coming out. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. As I said, what I liked about it was it didn't just target one market. For me, it was a real sort of broad, um, broader, almost a broader lifestyle market that it tried to sort of go after. Yeah, it'd be good to see the impact of that. Mm-hmm. More broadly, kind of off the back of that, what are you seeing going on in the market globally that maybe ties into those trends or just general recruitment and hiring trends that are going on? Yeah, it's always a good one. It's always nice to sort of have a little moments in time, I think, during a year of like, okay, what's happened and what are we just beyond sort of the first half of the year, as it were. So I think it's, to, to your point, it's always nice to sort of reflect on that. I think it's been really clear that it's been quite challenging, I think, for the first six months of this year. Um, talent acquisition has had a real sort of difficult time. Um, we've seen technology really be impacted. I think the the cuts at sort of Meta and Microsoft and, and a lot of other tech firms have really been, been in, impacted. Um, smaller companies where they've been reliant on cheap funding have, have again been impacted where they've hired maybe lots of recruiters thinking that the ambition is to grow by by population growth and actually that's that's not going to happen so that's been really it's been, it's been an interesting sort of change whereas rewind a year ago we didn't have enough talent acquisition people in the market to hire like it was it was crazy sort of the numbers that we were being asked for on, on that side of things so advanced 12 months and we've gone really full circle where people have downsized their talent acquisition teams and actually what i think you'll see on the ta side of things now is a much more sort of agile team setup so 
a lot of companies went down the route of we wanted to actually employ everybody. Um, that's how we were going to save the money. We were going to do everything, direct sourcing, et cetera. I think what you'll probably see now is actually people will hire some of their team direct. They'll possibly have some of their team on, say, contracts under, say, an RPO type model. And then potentially what they'll do is they'll they'll create setups with agencies where actually they'll get discounts for the more they use them. So I think you'll see a much more sort of agile talent acquisition setup going going forward. I think people will be really reluctant to commit full-time headcount to, to those sorts of roles. And then, as, as we mentioned earlier on, we've seen a little bit more sort of change towards sort of talent management. So a lot of people now sort of really heavily focused in terms of talent management and org design work. Is our company fit for purpose? Do we have the right people in the right places? doing the job that we want them to be doing and i think that's been that's been a crucial question that most companies have been asking this year yeah really interesting overview there and then with the reorganization piece that you were just discussing how has that kind of changed your role as well and our our impact on businesses yeah do, do you know what it's changed um especially for the sort of small to mid-sized companies it's definitely changed some of the work we We've done a lot more work now where we're acting a little bit more on a sort of advisory capacity. So the, the initial part of our work isn't necessarily come in, we've got a job for you. It's come in, this is what I'm thinking of doing with my org structure. What do you think? And what are you seeing in the market? And so there's a little bit of what, a little bit of my role has definitely evolved in, in the fact that it's like, okay, yes, that's exactly what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a downsizer, say your TA team. So exactly what you're attempting to do here is what we see in the market. Adding that headcount in other places is definitely also what we're seeing. So yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting one for me because I feel like there's definitely a much better advisory piece that's happening at the front end of the conversations that I have. Um, and I like that a lot because it feels as though we're truly partnering with with more organizations, which is, is a lot more fun to do. Um, there's a little bit of calibration that happens in some of those roles um, at the beginning when we get those searches, but it's definitely a, a much more sort of interesting facet to, to my role. Yeah, that really adds value to organizations and the HR function as well to be able to come in in that capacity and help them out. Yeah, without doubt. And then coming back to the podcast, what are your memorable moments of Series 5? <laughs> memorable moments? I don't, I don't want to obviously repeat myself a little bit, but I, I would say that um, RIA, definitely, like as I said, with AI being so important to sort of what's happening at the moment. What I liked about the conversation with RIA is, is that it was more a discussion of what's going on rather than exactly what's happening at the moment. And, and that, I think, is exactly where we need to go with AI at the moment. It's not saying this is what's going to do, this is how it's going to happen. There's no rules around it yet. It's very much like a discussion of what's going on out there, how it's sort of happening. Um, and I, I know that um, one of the things that Rhea and I committed to, which we haven't done yet, is set up a couple of communities as well around this, because um, I think people are really interested. So the more that we can do that and the more we can talk about it, um, the better it will be. So for me, that that stood out just purely because of the, the relevance I really liked um, Cortica at the very beginning. That was very about gender equity. What I found fascinating about Cortica was that I suppose the phrase gender equity is a relatively new one to me. And it wasn't one that I'd been, it's not the one I'd heard about in the market as, as much. So to sort of have an expert in that field talk as, as detailed as she did, I thought was really amazing. 
And I do think that there's so much more that we can take away from what she was saying. And I think, um, I think people need to listen a lot more to to that message. Um, it was one that, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And having an expert like that, yeah, I thought was so good for us and and, and the podcast. Um, and then I'll mention two more because I don't want to talk too much about it. But <laughs> Stacy as well at, at the early part of the conversation. Um, and Stacy's a little bit maybe more of a, a personal one from from my end. Um, I thought there was something really nice to hear somebody talk from the heart and talk about about the things I think were really difficult for them, not only professionally but personally at the very beginning of their career. And I thought it was amazing just listening to someone come through some adversity. I think she'd openly sort of say that and then turn that into a real positive, um, having a family so young and then developing a career the way she did, I thought was it's, it's a really inspiring story and actually one that I think we'd like to do more of into next season is have more of these sort of stories of how people have made it in their HR career going, going forward. So I thought that was particularly good. And then lastly, Vivek on the intergenerational piece, so relevant. Um, and and being the being the cynic that I am when I saw this as a topic, I thought it was going to be sort of the usual stuff. And actually I thought it was really different. I thought it was really interesting and it, it's a conversation that I only think is going to go deeper over the next few years. I don't think it's going to go away. So I think it's really good that we had Vivek on the show. And I, I think he's somebody that over the next couple of years, we would definitely welcome back with open arms. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree in, on all of those. And then I think for me personally, um, I really enjoyed Scott Sullivan's as well, more from like the personal aspect of being really interested in kind of the environment and what can be done there. And he spoke on sustainability and business, which was super interesting and then also Ria like you've already mentioned because I'm also really interested in AI I recently wrote a piece of my own kind of around the topic and its potential impact on marketing and how marketing is going to kind of need to navigate AI too so great to hear kind of what others are saying in that area yeah completely agree and you've already touched on this but is there anything else that you want to see well, here in in season six, when we come back, yeah. Well, you mentioned I've I've already sort of touched on it a little bit when I talked about Stacey and her story. Um, there's the biggest thing, I suppose, it's a little bit of maybe a request to our audience. Actually, like if you're an HR person who has had a sort of uh, what you believe is a really interesting career, and I'd like to sort of talk to our audience about it, we would love to sort of talk to you and, and have you on the show. Um, I think what, what I love about the show is how we get certain experts in certain fields. And, and funnily enough, I haven't even mentioned pensions yet. And actually, I really like that that topic. And it's a, it's a topic that doesn't get mentioned often enough. So having the experts is wonderful. But I do think what we'll strive to do next next series is sort of every sort of three or four weeks is have CHRO or an HR leader that has has had a really interesting career and track record and can talk to us knowledgeably about their background, how they got there, um, things that they've overcome in their career as well, difficult circumstances um, that we can all learn from. And I think that will be, that's definitely something that we're looking for. So as I said, a, a bit of a request to our audience, if there's anyone that would like to do that, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting to add to the mix. And if anyone is listening and, and you think that could be you, then just drop Stuart an, an email or a message on LinkedIn, or you can email myself as well. I'm ea at elliotscotthr.com. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that was 
us recapping series five for you all. And I think all that we have left to do now really is to say thank you to our guests this season for their time and their expertise. And we look forward to being back after a summer break. Looking forward to it already. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Cheers, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to share any thoughts or comments, you can get in touch with myself at se at elliotscotthr.com. Be sure to also subscribe to HR Insights for future episodes. Elliot Scott HR is an award-winning specialist HR recruitment company. We serve the HR community globally and have placed HR leaders in over 30 countries. For over 100,000 members in the Elliot Scott HR community, please join us via our website, elliotscotthr.com or our LinkedIn page. Take a look at other episodes in our podcast series, via our blog, and check out our up-and-coming webinars and events hosted in our six global locations.